Today, I have Hugh Lim with me, who has done, uh, who has been on Broadway and the tour of the revival production of The King and I. She has done regionally The King and I, where she was tucked in in all three productions. She was, I'm going to restart that because that was messy. <laughs> that was a little bit messy. Um, today, dear Dyer, <laughs> wave the arms so I know where to cut. Great. <laughs> Dear Diary, today I have Q Lim with me, who has played Tuptum in the King and I regionally and in, on Broadway and on the U.S. tour in the Bartlett Shares Lincoln Center production. Regionally, she has done Louisa in The Fantastics. She was in Miss Saigon, Disenchanted. She has done readings and workshops of Jason Robert Brown's Farewell, My Concubine, K-pop. She, she took part in Broadway Rising Stars at Town Hall. And she was on the Disney Cruise Line where she performed the roles of Jasmine Mulan and Pocahontas. Hello, Q. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. So everyone, my introduction to Q was I saw the King and I on tour in Philly for an, I took my mom as an early Mother's Day present, which also meant that I was going to see it. So it was a gift for myself too. Um, and I remember, I was like, of course, it was just, it was a brilliant show. I mean, Bart is an amazing director. Um, and then I remember the Tupton that I saw, I'm, in her defense, I'm pretty sure there was a flu going around in the cast, I believe, in Philly. So there were times where I was like, oh, okay, um, with the notes. But I was, like, I, was like, I was like, there's a flu going around, so I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. Um, oh, you're so sweet. And, yes. And then, um, and then I was just like, and then I was like, they were like, okay, Q Lim's taking over. I was like, okay. I was like, she's gorgeous. And then I saw a video of her singing and I was like, oh my God, her voice. I was like, I was like what? I was like, what? I was like, what? Why has she not been cast more? Oh my God, like, you're so what? sweet. <laughs> Thank you. And then I started this podcast and then I was like, I was like, okay. I was looking through, I was like looking at guests. I was like, because, well, because everyone knows this. I've stated on previous podcasts. I'm insane. I have a spreadsheet. I have multiple spreadsheets for when I do casting goals and like dream casts on my blog. I have spreadsheets that list all of the, like every single actor that I've ever known. And I was just going through it and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, oh, I saw Q Lim's name because bold, because bold means I needed a picture. So I was like, We'll get, well, ask Q. I was like, yes, that's great. So Q's here. And she responded. And I was like, yay. So hi, Q. Welcome. I'm so honored. So, Thanks, Paul. <laughs> first and foremost, I, I want to talk about your voice. When did you know that you just had, like, a gorgeous voice? Or <laughs> <laughs> So the funny thing is, I didn't even know that I could sing till I was maybe 22 years old. I came to America when I was 20 years old without having any singing background and I thought I was like tone deaf and I thought I was coming here as a dancer and I just wanted to sing and my first teacher um, she was so sweet she's like you have such a great voice I think if you work on it really hard I think you can be a really good singer and I was like okay and you know with her words I just kind of gained courage and I just went crazy with it. I went crazy with vocal technique. So since that day, any money that I that I made with part-time jobs, I would just 
save it up and fly to California to see the best teacher in town or um, email the best teachers in New York City. So I was just like always on the hunt for looking for the best technique. Um, and I'm still doing that. So in the process of doing that, my voice did grow quite a bit, but I never knew that I was a soprano, which is the, which is the funny thing. So I thought I was more like a Disney mixer and a kind of a belter. So I was booking more like Disney shows. And even at the town hall, my first like professional concert appearance in New York City, I sang I'd Give My Life For You, which is like a super belty, belty song. Mm, so yes. when I was auditioning for The King and I, actually, I was like, this is really high for me. And I didn't know that I could unlock those notes. So when I was working on it, actually, honestly, I didn't feel comfortable. Like I wasn't in my world of voice. So I had to get a lot of voice lessons because I would get so nervous and then I would sound like a little lamb. Um, and I think that I sounded like a lamb on my final callback, but I guess they liked me. Um, I guess I sounded okay. So it kind of worked out. I'm just like kind of grateful that somebody finds my voice beautiful and gorgeous. And I'm just very humbled by that um, because I, you know, I wasn't born a singer. So you talked about dancing. So now was that, so what kind of dancing specifically? I ballet want to and jazz. Ballet and jazz. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'm I was going to be a ballerina for a very long time. So do you have uh, on point abilities? On point? I mean, yes, till I was like maybe 19 years old. And then I completely stopped when I was learning that I could sing better and I just dropped everything else. And I was like, I only want to sing and I only want to act. So I'm a little, I don't want to regret anything, but if I could go back then, I could tell myself something that I would have been like, Q, you should probably continue your dance skills you know i just kind of dropped all of it and just kind of focused on my singing um but i you know like when i went to singing calls singer calls i was a really good mover out of the singers so yeah well dancing never leaves i mean on point might leave, on point might leave you but <laughs> yeah on point i don't uh, think i could on point might leave you but doesn't <laughs> I know, so, but I now, still I use do my toe, like toenails. You know, when you wear point shoes, your toenails kind of yes. disappear. Yeah, they're still broken down pretty badly. Oh my god! Ugh, uh, I know. I just, I, remember, I just remember thinking of Black Swan, and I'm just like, oh, that one scene with the mom and the toenail clippers. Um, uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> so my question is, uh, for, well, for one of my questions that I have for you, um. You, as an Asian woman, do you ever feel like, because you've obviously you've been in the two main shows for Asian people, unfortunately, um, The King and I and Miss Saigon. Do you ever feel like um, you're always, like, do you ever feel like you're only, like, forced to do, like, those kinds of roles? Or, like, how, I mean, like, how do you feel about those kind of shows and those kind of roles? Because I know some people are like, it's my dream role, it's this, it's that. And other people are like, it's the only role that's there for me. So I want to know what your opinion on that is. Um, I love that question because I think I'll be able to bring like a different perspective than other Asian performers because I am not American and I came to America to be an actor and I didn't even 
dream of standing on Broadway, honestly. So when I look at Asian roles, for me, like I took it as like a blessing because for me to play an American role, you know, it's very challenging. So when I first booked The Fantastics as, you know, an American girl, I was like, wow, I mean, how a miracle, a miracle happened to me. So doing The King and I and Miss Saigon, I know a lot of like American, uh, Asian American performers are like, these are the only shows we can do. But for me, having these two shows and that, the timing was perfect. Like, how is it that after I graduated, the King and I happened and I happened to be there and I happened to get cast? For me, I my whole life changed around the King and I. So I am just grateful that that show exi existed. And then the fact that it was a great production and Barlet Chair, he just kind of turns that um, notion of white culture is better than Asian culture. He kind of broke that and made it into like a women power, equal culture, like very powerful piece. So, and, but yes, it is true that I get called into mostly all Asian um, roles. So my kind of goal is like, I'll just take over all the Asian roles. <laughs> and if I get cast for like a white role, then like, holy cow, I got so lucky. So because I'm in a different place than other, you know, American actors, but I completely mm -hmm. understand and I'm so for, you know, my fellow um, Asian American actors who feel very trapped in their boxes. And I just pray for them to be able to spread their wings and just play whatever role they want to, because they're so talented. They're so extremely talented. So I do need to ask two questions that aren't necessarily about you. I always want to ask, what is Bart like? Because everyone's like, oh, it's Bart. And I'm like, that's not helpful for someone who doesn't know him. <laughs> I, um, yes, I understand why people say it's Bart. Because you just have to experience him. Without yes. experience, it's very hard to get a grasp on who Bart is. Um, I would say Bart just feels like an artist. I don't know if that makes sense, but does, in my no, head, if, yeah, if you could imagine like, like a genius artist, like he is like the person who popped out of your imagination. Um, his hair, long white hair with his director glasses. Yep. Yeah. And then it comes in just a little, little awkward. You know, he's not like, <laughs> Like normal, if you know, if that makes sense. Like, for example, <laughs> no, it does. Yeah. So at Lincoln Center, when I was doing my first Broadway show in The King and I, um, we were very lucky to have our really fancy dressing rooms. Usually, you know, ensemble members, we all have to share one big room or, you know, like two small rooms or something like that. But at Lincoln Center, we were able to have like small rooms per three cast members super fancy right so then bart would kind of like go around in circles of our hallway and he would visit every room time to time and Aww. he would never even say hi like so it's not he never goes hi how are you he would never say that like he's not a normal human being he comes just kind of like stares at you and just kind of nods and then he leaves so he's a very mysterious man yeah and he hates using the God mic. Uh, you know, okay. God mic during the rehearsal, yes. you, directors, they kind of sit in the back and they use the mic to talk to the actors. He is opposed to that. So he would just kind of 
sit close to the stage and just yell. So we can't tell if he's angry or if he's just directing. I always thought that was really hilarious. And Bart can be so fun, but at the same time, terrifying. Because he has so much power because of his, of his ideas, you know, like, and we have so much respect for Bart. So the whole room kind of changes, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. when he enters, like the aura is different. We all like want to act our best in front of Bart. And, you know, like it's Bart. So I, that's why probably people, why people say like, it's Bart. He just carries that, that aura with him. Yeah. So, and my other wife, I want to ask about three other people. One, obviously, well, did you work with Marin Maisie? Yes. Were you the, what is she like? Because I love and adore her and we all miss her dearly. She is, oh, she was so down to earth. I loved her. Her, Mrs. Anna was so touching. Her voice was like incredible. And she was just like a friend. She never came in to our company and act a certain way. She was just like so kind, so kind. And what was crazy about her was that she would, she was able to like go out every night and have drinks with us and still do the show the next day. Her stamina was incredible. And I've never seen other, I mean, of course, like other lead actors like Kelly O'Hara, of course, like all these other amazing actors, they came in and warmed up. But Marin, she did like a full, vocal warm-up like full-on vocal warm-up every single day she had a very strict schedule very strict routine and you could just tell she's a very hard-working person very hard-working it was incredible and then yeah. yeah she's i just i truly just look at her and i'm like i'm it's like heartbroken. oh my god beautiful, and then beautiful i need person. to ask yeah. really i mean just uh there's so many. I would have. I would have loved to have had her on my podcast. I would have loved to because I just. I just would have been like, "Tell me about yourself, Marin. How's your day going?" <laughs> she could read the phone book, and I'd be like, "Go on, <laughs> like go on." <laughs> um, what it? Were you there with Daniel Day Kim? Oh yeah, I got to go on with like every um, Mrs. Anna and the King. <laughs> Okay, so what is Daniel like? I need to ask this. This is me just fangirling over them because I love, I love them. I love I them so much. I became really good friends with Daniel Day Kim um, during the show. And he was such a goofy guy. You know, like you would think that, oh, Hollywood <laughs> stars coming in. You know, everybody's like, how is he going to be like? And it comes in and just like, just really playful and goofy. Um, so our dressing room was called dressing room number nine and we were the place where people would congregate and have parties so our room was filled with snacks at all times like at all times everybody would bring their own snacks and just contribute to our snack pile so it kind of turned into like a king's rest area so whenever the king goes on stage they, they go off stage, then go, they came to our uh, dressing room, and then they would just <laughs> snack with us. So that's how I got really close to Daniel Day Kim. And he was just such a joy to work with. Oh, my goodness. What a fun man. Such a fun guy. 
yeah, just super fun. And um, his king was also very interesting because he's such a TV guy. Um, and the energy was very different. You know, like I got to, you know, act with him as well. It's very subtle, you mm -hmm. know, and I love that about him. And offstage, Daniel Day King just super fun and i'm just so glad that you know sometimes i get a message from daniel day kim and i'm like oh i got a text message from daniel day kim, day kim. Ooh, how cool. <laughs> yeah it's pretty awesome and then my final question that's not about you is i want to ask about kelly o'hara because i was so used to being her like i was like oh well it's kelly o'hara she's a soprano she's so classy she's so this and during the tony awards which she got the tony well deserved long overdue she just looks like i lost my mind and she was like i'm gonna do the worm and i was like what is going on and so it is the real kelly o'hara she's very goofy. she's so funny She's so funny. So that's one, so that's another thing you have to know about Bart. He likes really witty and funny people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Kelly is one of those people. And of course, like <clears throat> he's his favorite. And well, yeah, she's, she's like really funny. Yeah, she I, plays around and she's very goofy. Um, she's not like serious at all. Like she's very fun. Yeah, and her voice like is, sometimes she would sing to us. Um, her oh. from her past shows, like during oh. our rehearsals. Of course she would. Of course she would. <laughs> yeah, and then she would just like sometimes sing like an opera song in the hallway, what? just like. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like, I walked into her room one day, and she was eating like eggs with ketchup right before the show. I was like, "Wow, you can what? eat and sing like that. That's that's amazing." <laughs> incredible and then i just remember like four days after the tony words i said she's her like in like the very like undergarments and she just does the warm on the floor and i'm like what is going on <laughs> that is her at all times yeah um so now i do want to ask a bit more about because obviously i mean this production was oh wait one last question i just remembered this meryl street saw the show did the, you get yeah. to meet her oh, of course yes oh my Oh my God. Okay. Wait, sidebar. That she is like my, like, I love and adore Meryl Streep. What is she like in person? I. <laughs> it's like meeting a goddess, you know? I just, everybody freaked out, of course. And she was so kind to come backstage to say hello and take a picture with us. Oh, what a sweet person because sometimes celebrities would come and they you know don't come backstage to like greet us but or they're only there for like certain people <laughs> right. and then they'll be like who are you oh you're not who i want by she like you know gave everybody a handshake including me i got to handshake her <gasps> and i couldn't actually say anything i was like so like i'm like i would I believe i'm seeing her in person like she just popped out of my, you know, my, my <laughs> fantasies screen. Like, is this real? And she's so, um, so like, she glows. I don't know what that is, but she was like glowing that day. Like, I was like, wow, she has like a, like a shine, sur like surrounding her. <laughs> I would love, yeah. <laughs> She's, I would have loved to see her do the King and I as Anna. I would have loved to see that. 
How did I never think about that? She would have been amazing. I, she would have been great. I mean, I just, like, I don't know. Like, could any Broadway show afford her? I guess that would. Well, she has said she is open to returning to Broadway, but it has to be an original show. <gasps> she doesn't want to replace and she doesn't want to do a revival. And I was like, write her a show now. I was like, someone do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well. Um, okay. So now we'll get back to you now that I fangirled over everyone. So what were, so I want to ask what, were, what was it like? Obviously, Cause obviously, you know, Lincoln center when they do their like biannual musical or whatever, whatever, like they're, they're like biannual revival or whatever with Bart and like big Lincoln center revival. It's obviously a gigantic show. So what was it? And obviously this was your broad, this was your Broadway debut. So what was it like just going into this? And then, I mean, especially because it's that threat, it's that thrust stage, the Vivian Beaumont where like it goes out into the audience and it moves and it comes back. So what was, what was that experience like? I gasped when I first saw it. Um, how I got to do the show was pretty dramatic. Um, I was going through like a green card issue back then. Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to be in the original cast and I couldn't join because of my Aww. green card issue. So when I got called in, it was pretty dramatic because it was like last minute. When I got my green card, I just kind of emailed the casting director and I was like, I'm still here, right? And then I got an email like almost immediately saying, could you come in like tomorrow to work? <laughs> In the King and I, not another audition. They were like, just, can you start working for us? So I kind of started working right away. And then I had to just learn the show in one week. It was just, I was bombarded with blocking and songs and top 10 material, just everything. That so I kind of didn't have the time to really like take it in. I was just like overwhelmed and I wasn't like registering where I was quite well. And seeing the fact that I was going to get to work with Kelly O'Hara, that kind of scared me at first, you know, I'm like, I need to do really good. And the fact that I'm working with Bart during my first rehearsal, I was just like sweating. Like, <laughs> so yeah. And then I couldn't even like, fathom or kind of be aware of where it was back then i was just so like into working 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 i, I gotta get my track correctly um but when i had my debut my debut night i think i saw how big the stage was for the first time and seeing the audience in front of me it was just so i can't describe it it was i felt like this is my home <laughs> for the next two years. Ah. Oh, <laughs> was that so now I believe now were you a part because you said you were a dancer. So were you a part of like the whole Uncle Tom's Cabin Ballet or were you just one of like the Royal Wives singing? I was one of the singing persons. Yeah. Royal Wives. Wow. You know the role names too. Yeah. Royal Wives. I was one of those. I, I'm insane. Um. <laughs> I was, I literally, like, I, like, 
when I was interviewing, uh, I was interviewing Ann Brummel and I was like, I was like, well, I was like, she was like, she was like, I don't even remember like when I joined, she was like, she was like 2009, 2008 about like joining the tour or the Chicago production. I was like, and I was like, I gave her the exact date of when she joined because although in my, though I'm not as insane because there is a website that lists it all for Wicked. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you do um, your work. Yeah. I do my research because you got yeah. it because there's nothing worse than being unprepared for an interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say that I as know. I messed up with an interview once. Oh, I doubt uh, it. Yeah. I asked, it was, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. We don't need to because this is about you right now. So now you're originally from, <laughs> you're originally from Korea, correct? Correct. Um. So, and, but you, were you, were you born, you were born were you, and you were raised there, correct? And then you moved over to the, so how did you go from being in South Korea to going to AMDA for college? Um, I love that question. Thanks for asking, because I love talking about it, because I honestly think that I was a crazy person for making that decision. But at the same time, I was kind of escaping from Korea. Um, like I mentioned before, I was not a singer. I was not an actor. I didn't know anything about it, except that I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to try. And growing up doing ballet, I knew that I loved being on stage. So combining my passion for singing, even though I've never sung before, and my ballet skills, I was like, I want to do theater. Maybe theater is my dream because in Korea, everybody is kind of raised to be doctors, lawyers, typical, you know. Um, and a lot of a lot of my friends back then, they're like, I would ask them, what What do you want to become? And they're like, I don't know. I just need to get good grades. So nobody had like a specific dream. They were just studying to study. And I just didn't have that heart in me. So it happened really last minute my senior year, right before Korean versions SAT test, I was like, because I had to you know, apply to college and mm -hmm. I didn't know which schools to write down on my list. So I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't, be, I don't want to be a lawyer. I, I'm lost. I didn't have any passion. So I mean, I wanted to be a dancer, but I hurt myself pretty badly, so I couldn't wear my oh, no. point shoes anymore. That's why I kind of stopped ballet. So, yeah, so I kind of decided last minute, totally last minute, and I just flew here without knowing anything because, because I went to find teachers in Korea. You know what they told me? They were like, you, you're not a good singer. You don't have any future as a singer. You can't act. You have nothing. Like, they were just, like, so harsh on me. They're like, you're starting too late. There's no, there's, you're not going to be able to work as an actor. Literally, everybody told me that. And on top of that, one of the teachers kicked me out of the classroom <clears throat> because he thought that I just, I was just horrible. So, honestly, I left Korea because nobody would teach me. So that's why I flew that's to America. Terrible. And they were so open, you know, to train me and they gave me hope. 
Um, and I'm forever grateful for that. My friends who believed in me and the teachers who taught me. That's, oh my God, that's terrible. I mean, I just, I cannot like, I mean, I've heard horror stories from some of like the former college professors where I went, but that I just, wow, I just. I mean, I must have been really terrible. <laughs> you know? I must have that's really not bad. true. <laughs> I must have sounded really bad. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> like they kicked me out of the room and they're like, you can't be an actor, you're too bad. <laughs> I'm sure that is not true. Because what I've seen of you has been amazing. And well, I always, this is always my motto in life. You can't teach talent. You can nourish it and you can enhance it. But if you don't have it, you don't have it. That's just how I, mean, I look at it. Yeah, I mean, myself, you know, I because I was believed to be such a terrible actor before I came here, I love training because I feel like that's what changed my life. Who knew that I could become a singer on stage? Like, that was like not something I n ever thought that, you know, that could be possible. So that's why I love teaching others to give them hope, to harness their skills, because otherwise, then you're going to be told that you're bad. You're going to be told that you, you can't do it. So I want to be that person that guides other people so then they can bloom instead of hiding. So... Because yes, you do that for a great segue because you do, you're a vocal teacher, correct? Or just an overall theater teacher? Yeah, overall theater teacher. Mm -hmm. And my um, next question is you founded uh, an Instagram account, I think it's a website, it's too, called Broadway Asia. I would love for you to talk about that and explain that. Yes, um, thanks for asking about Broadway Asia. This is my dream project um, started from my, you know, disheartened heart when I was young, when I couldn't get any training. And the fact that I was able to grow with, you know, with teachers' beliefs in me and, and their support, that's what actually really mattered. My mentors, my, um, my friends even. Um, you just need people who can believe in you and just support you not judge you. And I didn't have that growing up. So Broadway Asia is about providing the education, the artistic education that Korea is missing. So I want to bring America's wonderful theater education that is so open-minded and inviting to the Korean audiences because they're so so talented they're so talented and what's crazy about it is whenever i meet a new korean student they always start with oh i'm really bad i can't sing i can't act i can't do anything the moment they open their mouths they're freaking amazing i only see possibilities when i when i meet them so that's why I wanted to start Broadway Asia with my really good friend, uh, Jimin Huang, who's also another fellow Korean Broadway actor, um, because we are both so passionate about bringing this inviting environment to Korean people. So that's our goal. We want to create a bridge between Korea and America so both countries can prosper together.
So, because my question, because now you obviously did not have great experiences as we talked about growing up in Korea, do it, trying to become an actress and singer and stuff. But they do produce gorgeous theater. Would you ever think about going back? You know, that's a very like, complicated <laughs> question. I, I know. I definitely I just, did think about that. Yeah, the, I, I almost wanted to go back and say, like, see what I have yeah, done. You know? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give front row tickets to all the people who said no. <laughs> just be like, oh my God. maybe now. <laughs> you know, but what I have learned from here is pretty much different from what Korea is doing. Like, Korean actors are so incredible. They're amazing singers. But... Korean people have a very specific way of expressing their feelings. Like our acting techniques are very different. So I will have to like readjust all of my skills to a Korean style. But I would love to do shows in Korea for sure, for sure. But um, I just love the environment of working with the performers here. Everybody is so just lovely. And I just kind of started calling this my home instead of Korea. But I do, I do miss Korea. But um, if somebody, you know, would like to cast me, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll be like, yes, I'm here. I'll come and do a show. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll be lovely. So you've also, so I do want to ask you about, um, you did the Broadway workshop of K-pop, like I mentioned earlier. What, okay, so first off, my question is, because I have looked all over for this answer, what is the plot of K-pop? <laughs> like, I, what's the basic summary? Like, like, I don't think I'm allowed to say anything. Yeah, they're still oh. in development. <clears throat> so they're constantly, you know, changing and developing their story. Um, but it's about K-pop. And I don't know if you know uh, about K-pop, but K-pop involves a lot of drama. Because yes, I've heard about that. Yes. Yes, very competitive. <laughs> everybody's, you know, gorgeous. Everybody's talented. And, you know, to be able to be picked as one of those people is like a dream. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of drama. And, of course, love and really good music by Helen Park. Because... Then my next question is, because obviously, like, the workshop happened, like, right before the pandemic hit, um, at least when it hit here. Um, has there been any rumblings about it since? Are you allowed to spill that or no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone at home, she just shook her head fiercely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, <laughs> so you also um, you talked to me about you did uh, a musical where a reading called "Farewell, My Concubine." I remember hearing about that, but what what is that show exactly? Because well, are you allowed to spill that movie, secret? It's based on the movie uh, "Farewell, My Concubine." Yeah, about two Chinese opera actors. And they build bromance, love, 
relationship between the two and it just power play and you know like the, the titles in china back then it was just so harsh so about that culture and women and but most of all just amazing incredible incredible music the whole time i was just in awe in awe of jason robert brown and you said that you had you had your own song and you yes! had to sing it in front of him oh my god was this song written for you or was he like i have this song you sing it oh my goodness only if i could say that jason robert brown wrote that song for me <laughs> that would be like my freaking dream but no he wrote it for himself um but what was really cool about doing the first reading of it was um, he was very open to changing the key. You know, that is very rare. So when we first sang through the song, he would, you know, sit through it and just ask, how does it feel on your voice? And he would be like, um, that sounds good in your voice. I want to keep that key. Or like he would be like to other actors, like, do you want to try in this key? And then he's like able to just transpose yep. in like yep. a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Just, yeah. And Okay, so the formation, like our chairs, I was the closest to Jason Robert Brown and when he was like conducting the pianist and he had to have two pianists, of course. Um, and he was like banging the music stand to, you know, to play the drums by himself. So he would like hold on to a pen or like a chopstick and he was just like bang really hard on the music stand it was hilarious i mean incredibly hilarious and just watching this genius working um and i was able to sing like literally to his face and there was a really tricky part in the music of course it's jason robert brown so there was a part i was like when do i come in it was really hard it was like one two three one two three four five six one two three and then i had to like come in sometime and i still don't quite get it. So I had to be like, okay, Jason, you have to help me out a little bit here. <laughs> so can you give me a really big head nod when I have to come in? And he did that for me. So we would, we would be like, one, two, three, four, and I come in, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like he would make jokes under his breath all the time during the rehearsal. And I was able to like play around with him and hopefully he remembers <laughs> me. Yeah, that was really fun. He's such a fun guy. Yeah, I was a little nervous because, you and know, then, like he has like a reputation of being a little hard on a lot of people, but he actually was in a really good mood or something, but he was not a hard person to work with at all. Really, really pleasant. I story wrong, but I remember she was Bridges of Madison County, just writing the score one way. And then Kelly O'Hara came and joined the show. And she was basically like, okay, well, I'm just going to rewrite the entire score then since it's Kelly O'Hara. And I was like, what? I mean, how could you not? Because it was originally like, he changed <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like, how does you just be like, I'm going to rewrite the entire score. Like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so you also, so I do want to ask, because I always... <laughs> so... I do want to ask about this because I always like to ask with people who work for Disney. You worked on a Disney cruise line. What was that like? I have so many dramatic stories, my goodness. Um, so 
I was in the process of applying for an artist visa. So working as an international person, I always had to have like a proper visa, of course. So as an actor, the visa that I could I could get was an artist visa. So last minute, my old, my previous agent just kind of like dropped me. I mean, they didn't drop me as an, you know, as an actor, but they dropped my my visa case as a sponsor. So I was literally about to leave the country. I was like, oh my God, my life is over. I have to go back to Korea. It was, I probably had two weeks left in America. And I get a call from Disney that I booked the show. <laughs> they saved me out of my misery. So what's amazing about Disney is that they they only need like a specific work visa for them. So with uh, Disney's letters, you know, like Q is hired now, um, I was able to get a visa in like a month and I was able to just work. Um, so they saved me. And with Disney's credits, I was able to get my artist visa right after that. Well, yeah, because like pretty much like literally like I've heard that like once you work for Disney, like you automatically get your equity card just because of how much you perform. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about that, but what I what happened to me was, it's not e easy to get an artist visa, and it's called an artist visa. The title is is that, but on my visa it says extraordinary ability. So you have to have an extraordinary ability to get the visa, first of all. And I went to, when I went to my interview for the visa, they asked me, are you famous? And I said, yes. And they asked me that because of my Disney credits. They see the names, you know, Jasmine, Mulan, Johannes. They, they know that, you know, so that's how it worked out for me. Thanks to Disney. Are you, are you famous? Are you famous? Yes. <laughs> that was my visa interview. Can you believe it? Like, I prepared for the interview. Like, you know, oh, I'm from this and I did this and this and that. And, you know, I was like so prepared to like give a whole speech about it. And then they asked me one question. Are you famous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like working on a cruise ship? obviously cruise ships are in the water and they move <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm assuming as jasmine mulan and pocahontas you weren't like doing like dance numbers you just like probably like for mulan you just probably like wandered around the stage sang reflection for pocahontas and jasmine probably the same thing we all had to dance to work on disney cruise you have to be triple threat just you have to dance, act, and sing all of it, and really hard dancing too. So when you're not singing, you're dancing. Hardcore, um, hardcore. I'm talking like triple, triple turns into like an attitude, like a balance thing on your toes, like insane. Fuate turns on the ship. Can you believe it? And people are doing like tumbling. Um, in the Aladdin show, we had a tumbler, the carpet would just tumble the whole show on a lifting ship. It, it, uh, I was just like, how is this possible? There are incredibly talented people. 
Yeah. And yes, I would say working for Disney Cruise Line was magical. Magical. Imagine um, 22-year-old Q who's like young and just graduated and just like about to, you know, get kicked out of the country be i was saved by disney to be on this beautiful ship there are i think there are like three thousand seats in the theater it's a humongous theater really big with a really really nice stage with a very nice tech like a tech stuff like cool laser beams and like just incredible they're just they just know what they're doing you know um and just being able to to go to the beach every day like (laughs) What could get better than that? And there is a place called, I mean, the crew section is different from the guest section. So on the bottom of the ship is the crew Mm -hmm. section. And you go to the crew bar and the drinks are like 50 cents. I'm not joking. Drinks are like 50 cents. (laughs) Can you imagine like going to a bar that's like 50 cents a a drink? Um, We were wild. We were wild. Is how could you not get wild, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but you know, I was lucky because I wasn't sensitive to the lifting, but there were a few who were very sensitive, so they would kind of throw up in the middle of the show because of the Ooh. lifting sometimes. Um, so they would have like a bucket off stage and bleh, and then go back on stage. And <laughs> Uh, throw that right back on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hardcore. Um, so my final question that I ask everyone, do you have any dream roles? I have several. I wanna I wanna play Cinderella. I wanna play Ariel. I wanna play Christine. Ooh. Uh, yes, I'll I have play. that for you. I want to. I want to do the last last five years. Ooh, I do not have that for you. Oh. I have. I have my own list because again, I'm insane. I have another <laughs> spreadsheet. And Liam is. Yes, I had that for you. I had oh. as Cosette or Fontaine. I would love to do either. Okay, both. We'll do because. So again, I'm insane. I have a spreadsheet. It, it like it lists shows and then it will like I'll list the characters and then underneath it I'll list all the actors that I want to play it. So <laughs> and then it gets color coded. Yeah. Okay. And then so there was um Julie Jordan in Carousel. Yes, I would love that. Uh, I also had Carrie Pipridge from Carousel. Oh yes. Um, Emma Carew in Jekyll and Hyde. Oh yes, that is one of my dream roles. Yes. Um, Anne Eggerman in A Little Night Music. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Ah. Um, Natasha Rostova in Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. Yes. I did have you as Christine Daae in The Phantom of the Opera. Yay. I had you, I did also have you as Cosette. Um, I had you as, um, Amalia abolish in she loves me i love her yes 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 uh joanna in sweeney todd yes green <laughs> and then i had you as glinda in wicked 
Oh my God, Paul, I'm so honored. I would love to do any of these. Like, yes. Um, and then, like, in like 40, like 30 or 40 years, I had you as like Carlotta in <gasps> Phantom. <Love>. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. I hope, I hope that yeah. happens. We need it to happen now. Um, <laughs> I would, I'd like, yeah, I just, I need, we need, we need to work better overall with diversity on Broadway, but like, now I'm like, let's, let's go, let's hurry this up. <laughs> just like, it was like, I was like, Emily's taking over for as yeah. Christine in the fandom. I was like, let's, let's hurry this up. I know, but you know, things are changing little by little, which is very promising. Um, yeah, it'll be very lovely. But you know, a lot of regional theaters are even like casting more, yes. more diversity cast. So yeah, fingers I just across. saw, yeah. yeah, I just saw Diana Huey. I think it is in, um, look, Huey. That's what I said, but my friend was like, no, it's Huey. And I was like, I was like, no, I swear it's Huey. And he was like, no, it's Okay, cool. So he owes me twenty dollars then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's um, like the real way of saying her name. I don't know, but we call her Huey. Okay, I just recently saw her in The Little Mermaid. Um, that's amazing. Well, which production? Walnut Street Theater. Oh, okay, okay. Because it's like right, like it was like a thirty, like not thirty minutes. It was like a ten-minute train ride from my house. Um, well, like ten-minute drive plus ten train ride. She was wonderful. Her, yeah. Sean Thompson, Rebecca Robbins, everyone was just great. It was beautiful. Um, and she's also she can play anything, not even yeah, not just she, Ariel. She's a very versatile actor. I saw her before that. I saw her in Xanadu when she did it yeah. upstate yeah. in Ithaca, where I was went to college. I saw her in that. Um, I just remember she'll ask just. Ask her about the night that someone screamed at her in the audience. Just ask her about That's that. That's you? It was that was really, you? I was in the mezzanine and like it just got really quiet and I was just like, I just, I forget what I yelled, but I just like yelled something and then Sean Thompson literally like stopped in the middle of his speech and was like, what was that? Wait, can you redo the scream so then I can like remind her what that was like? Was it just like a Straight on I think it was just like I think I yelled like "Bravo" or "Bravo" oh. or something. <laughs> like, I'm sure she I, loved it. Sure and I just remember, like, because Sean was about to give a speech for um about like a theater school at Walnut, and I just remember he got really quiet. And I was like, "Okay," and I yelled it. He was like, "Like everyone in the cast was like, whoa!" So, like Sean is like looking out, and I'm like, "Hi." <laughs> Oh my God, Paul, but you know, we love that. We love it when the audience is like that. It's also funny because there was, so other side note. So I, when I saw Miss Saigon regionally, there, someone recorded an audio and I, after I'd give my life for you, I yelled brava and I was listening to an audio and at the faint, I just heard this, ah! and then I, like, I was like, and then, so I put it and then I edited it and I increased the volume and I was like, oh my God, that was me. I was like, yes made it <laughs> proud yes proud i was moment. like first bootleg made it oh. <laughs> <laughs> see you can't stop it now you just gotta do it you're the you're the bravo guy 
I was just like, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, and so now where can the, do you have anything you want before you leave? Do you have anything you want to plug or, and where can the people find you on the internet, as my brother would say? Um, I do have a YouTube channel where I seldomly post my cover songs. Um, also my Instagram, Q underscore Lim. And um, you're, if, you're, if you're interested in taking voice lessons, you can go to Broadway Plus and take classes from me. Um, I'm just so open to meeting new talents and I love working with actors. So if you're looking for a friend who can help you out with some acting skills and singing skills, I am, I'm here for you. And everyone at home is just the letter Q, just the plain letter Q, not like Q-U-E, it's just the plain letter Q for everyone at home. I will, yes, so just to clarify for that, it's just a regular letter Q. Um, <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> I just want to, because there's been times where I like, well, there has been times where A, I forgot to completely ask that question. And then B, there were times where people were like, I can't find them. And I'm like, Oh. Uh, well, it shows up for me because I'm following them, but for other people. <laughs> thank you for clarifying it. Yeah, that was very <laughs> much needed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you yeah. so much for joining me, Q. It was a pleasure. You are welcome back anytime. That was so fun. Thanks, Paul. Alrighty, thank you, for me. you are so welcome. Alrighty, I will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Paul. Here's to the girls on the go, everybody tries. Look into their eyes and you'll see what they know, everybody dies. A toast to that invincible bunch, the dinosaurs surviving the crunch. Let's hear